You are listening to episode 85. And I also would like to introduce today the Okiki Video Bootcamp. Yes, I will be launching a course, which I will have a wait list in the show notes. And I will be launching some group coaching as well. I know there has been a lot of requests lately of people wanting to learn how can they create content for their own brands. And so I'm looking forward to bringing you along in the journey with that. If that's something that you've wanted to gain skills and techniques on, this will be for you. You'll learn systems on how to create content effectively and efficiently and have more time for yourself in the process. Wow reaching your clients. Again, you can find the information for the Okiki Video Bootcamp in the show notes below. On today's episode, we're going to get right into goal setting. As you all know, January is obviously the time where people are coming up with their New Year's resolutions and goals, but it's usually around this time that some of these goals or resolutions start to fade away. And really, we want to get into how do you make a goal, how do you achieve it, and how do you stay consistent with it? And that is why we have today's guest, Marin Coots. Marin's career came with a steep incline at a young age. By the age of 28, she was the regional manager of Shaw Communications Saskatchewan Division. And by 35, she had almost a decade of experience serving on corporate boards such as SGI, Sask Power, and Saskatoon Airport Authority. Amongst her many credits, she now, with her consulting, has a passion for helping others to find clarity with her flagship program, My Personal Vision. And this program is for women who are at a career crossroads and want to seek clarity in their path forward and want to live and lead with guilt-free confidence. She now runs her consulting practice also out of Calgary and continues to serve clients in the prairies in the area of strategic planning and business value acceleration. So today, if you are in the market for learning how to set goals, how to achieve them, how to keep them, and how to even find clarity in your path, this episode is definitely for you. By the way, if you have been enjoying the Okiki podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a rating at Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and let me know how are you enjoying the episodes? Thank you so much to the listeners who have come with me this far on the journey. And definitely when you leave a rating, it helps the podcast continue to get views and continue to grow and help others. So thank you so much for contributing to that. This podcast is also brought to you by Okiki Consulting, where I help brands tell their stories through video content. So whether it's video content strategy or videography needs, I'm able to support you in both English and French through our company. And we also provide consulting for groups and individuals who are trying to grow in their video content strategy game. And now on with today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Okiki podcast. And today I have an awesome guest who is an expert in goal setting. And I thought this is a great time to bring her on the podcast. And her name is Marin Coops. Her career path came with a steep incline at a young age. So by the age of 28, she was the regional manager of Shaw Communications Saskatchewan division. And by 35, she had almost a decade of experience on corporate boards such as SGI, Sask Power, Sask Airport Authority. And now she also does a lot of coaching and workshops around clarity with her flagship program, My Personal Vision. And this is for women who are at a career crossroads and see clarity in their path and want to live and lead with guilt-free confidence. Now her practice is run out of Calgary and she still works with clients in Saskatoon. And I'm very honored to have her on the Okiki podcast. So thank you, Marin, for coming to the podcast today. Hey, my pleasure. So happy to be here. Awesome. So if you could let the audience know, what was your path to becoming this clarity coach? From a young age, did you know that you were going to be an entrepreneur or what was kind of the educational career journey that Mm. led you to this place today? Yeah, good question. No, I I didn't wake up one day and say I want to run my own business and be an entrepreneur. I think often in life, our path is a matter of narrowing down things that maybe you don't want to do or you've tried and you don't love. And sometimes life just throws you a curveball and a change lands upon you when you weren't necessarily expecting it. And the probably the latter is um, more representative of my journey. I moved into the world of consulting and coaching 12 years ago, actually, when I was on mat leave with my youngest. And it was just something that kind of fell upon me. It wasn't something I was actively seeking out. But in that journey, I think you know, often when we make a change, you know, we're open to a bunch of different things and we don't know exactly where we want to be. And so we probably say yes to a lot of things that aren't really aligned with who we are, what we love and what we're great at. And I'm certainly, you know, have lived through that. So Fast forward really into the season of COVID when leading into that, most of my practice was in the world of governance and strategic planning. And, you know, everybody moved from thinking five years ahead to kind of, will my business survive in a month or three months? You know, so the whole concept of that forward looking long-term planning just was put on hold. So in that season, I, you know, took the opportunity to really dig deep. I did a lot of facilitation training. I did a lot more kind of research to hone my skills around strategic planning. But in the midst of that, I also endeavored to do strategic planning on myself as a person, looking holistically at my life. And when I kind of went through that process with a new kind of new tools along the way, I was left with such a newfound sense of clarity and conviction on who I am, what's my why, you know, what is it that I want to, you know, or how is it that I want to impact the world and the people in it, and then really was able to start saying yes to the things that were aligned and would move me further faster down that journey, and then be able to say no to the things that just didn't fit. You know, lots of times there are things that are really great, like great opportunities that are presented to us, you know, things that might seem really attractive or appealing, but they're not aligned with 
where we want to be. And so it's easy to say yes to something and then resent it, regret it, and just let it suck a lot of your time and energy. But when you have a really clear sense of where it is you want to be, where you want to go, what you value, then being able to say no with guilt-free confidence becomes so easy. And you can just truly simplify your life and your decision-making. That's great. And also great to hear like the, you know, that it wasn't just a straightforward journey, that it was kind of like a discovery process and then realizing how beneficial it was to you, but also that that could be a beneficial tool for others as well. So what was like the biggest obstacle that you had in kind of letting people know that you were able to give them these tools and like showcasing your brand? I would say the biggest obstacle was repositioning myself from working specifically with businesses. Over the years, I've done a lot of work in the nonprofit and that quasi-governmental space and a lot with small business, so owner-operator type businesses. So, you know, really getting the word out that I also work with individuals because it's a different market, right? But realize that a lot of the people in my own circle, people that I had served on boards with, people that I had done work with through my clients and connections, you know, really started hearing, okay, there are a lot of people kind of in that mid-career place of life that just feel like, you know, the word that kept coming up was crossroads. I just feel like I'm at a crossroads and I don't know which way to turn, but I'm sick of being where I am, you know, and, and that in many cases was as much of the mental place as the physical place. So it took a lot of courage to put myself out there in a space that is more one-on-one -on -one working with individuals than kind of the, the corporate company space, which I was very familiar with. That's actually really interesting to hear and that the one-on-one -on -one would be and the approach would feel so different. And I guess what has been like some of the biggest surprises for you in working with one-on-one -on -one versus corporate and like with people's individual story of them trying to reach their goals or figure out their crossroads? Well, a couple that come to mind off the, you know, right off the bat, from a personal standpoint, I realized that I can create the most impact when I work with individuals and, you know, whether that's as a business person or, you know, someone who is a professional working for another business in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. I originally started this program in more of a group format, but have transitioned it through feedback and just kind of my own experience of being the facilitator and the coach that being able to create that safe place for people to process whatever they need to process, to dream freely, to know that they don't have to worry about what is the next step. I will provide that and they can just be present in the moment. And also the, you know, the big aha moments are when we get to the obstacle portion. So there's kind of three components to the program. There's the vision casting, you know, which is the fun part and, you know, thinking about your envisioned future. And there's a very specific process that we follow to get there. Then the next piece is looking at what are the obstacles or the things that are getting in the way of achieving that vision? And I always warn people and say, you know, this is where things can get messy. So come prepared to be vulnerable. It's okay if tears are shed. You know, and a lot of people are like, yeah, that's not me. I'm not a crier. And I think I have yet to go through a session where it doesn't get emotional. And, you know, I look at that and say, wow, how remarkable to have been able to create a space where people are comfortable to open up, but even more importantly, dig deeper to like, not the surface level stuff, because often what we, 
what we think at the surface that's getting in the way, you know, digging into what's beneath that and what's underneath that, you know, and often it takes like kind of three different approaches to get to like that core of the onion, if you think about it that way. And when we get to that, like you can just see the light bulbs go off for people be, wow, I never really thought about that belief I was holding that is affecting me in so many different ways. And, you know, really it, it manifests in a self-sabotaging behavior Uh, And sometimes, you know, once we become aware of it, it's just like, wow, and it can be released, you know, and other times it's a matter of acknowledging that it's there and and understanding and saying, "Hmm, okay, that's why I react that way. Or, you know, that's why I keep repeating this pattern and I'm okay with it. Or, you know, wow, now that I know that's what I do, I can press reset. And, you know, and then we talk about strategies of, okay, so you know where you're going, you know, it's getting in your way. Now, what are you going to do to overcome those obstacles and move to where you want to be. So it's a ton of fun. And the eye-opening parts are when people are willing to let themselves be vulnerable because it's not comfortable, right? Like in a business setting, we don't like to cry. We don't like to be emotional. We're kind of taught from an early age. That's not acceptable, especially as women, I think even more so. And so to see people just really dive into that space and come out with some beautiful realizations that just like, you think of like a construction barricade, right? Like it just being lifted and you can continue moving forward as a coach and facilitator. It's so rewarding when we have those moments. Yeah. I love hearing like the process and like how people have discoveries and like even the emotions behind that. I listened to another podcast recently that was like Diary of a CEO and he was interviewing someone about like neuroscience and how people mm-hmm. think and that most people are very uncomfortable with uncertainty and although that would be part of the if the more they're willing to push into that that's part of the result that actually would bring them more optimism and joy so it's just really interesting hearing that how you process people through okay here's your obstacle you'll have to work through this like this feels uncomfortable but yeah. what's the end result after that? Yeah. When I think the, you know, the, we get so caught up in our own minds thinking and trying to predict what's coming next. And then it limits us from tapping into kind of the power of the present. So having kind of someone just to ask the questions, force you to dig deeper by asking further, more specific, more drill down questions, and then being able to synthesize what I've heard And say, okay, so I'm hearing you say this, could it be possible, you know, tell me more about, you know, and and kind of drilling down and and they can just be and not worry about, okay, well, we need to get to the next part or we're not going to hit the finish line. Like even in my own self, my own business, working with someone to kind of help me through a similar process. I mean, and it's like, I'm an expert in this, but we all need someone that pushes us and, you know, helps us work through some of the sticky areas. And the realization for me was, you know, I was kind of reluctant because it's like, hey, I do this kind of, you know, this is what I do. I don't need to hire somebody else to help me with this. But then when I went through it, and and so mine was more looking at it a little bit more from a company and, you know, brand strategy and whatnot. But at the end, I was just like, wow, how powerful just to be the participant and have somebody else mapping out the journey and taking the notes and, you know, compiling everything that I could just be present and think through and share and not need to be like, 
oh, that was a really good comment. I need to write that down. <laughs> you know, like someone else was doing that for me, you know, so to be able to help others create the space that we often create for ourselves is it's pretty fun. That's really cool. It kind of makes me think of how a lot of therapists will say, even though this isn't therapy, is like therapists will have their own th- therapist because they need to process yeah. the work they do so they, they can do better work for others and process themselves. So it does kind of make sense from the way you're describing it. And then in light of like these experiences you've had and kind of what you've seen as a pattern, I also want to go into New Year's resolutions because I'm assuming a lot of goals and people's obstacles and, and those that whole journey probably affects how people achieve those resolutions. So I guess I wanted to hear what's your take on New Year's resolutions specifically? And if someone was coming up to you and saying like, yeah, I have all these goals to reach, how would you approach them in that question mm-hmm. or that commentary? Yeah, you know, I, two things. The first thing is I'm a fan of goals. I think they can be really effective, but in order for that to be the case, you really need to know the bigger picture of what are they in pursuit of? You know, because having a bunch of random goals that aren't aligned and and if you're not clear on that picture of the envisioned future you're trying to create, when the rubber hits the road and things get tough and life happens, it's easy to dispense because it, it was a goal perhaps on paper, but not tied to something bigger, tied to something more meaningful that you let really take root in your brain, in your heart, in your, in the whole of your being, you know, that would be the first thing. And then second to that, you know, the way I approach goals is kind of backwards. And I look at, at the end of the day, what does success look like for you? So I'm a huge fan of James Clear and Atomic Habits. And so, you know, if you kind of have read his books or listened to his podcast, he's great. And he looks at goals from a micro standpoint, you know, instead of saying, I want to run a marathon and then working so hard and maybe you achieve that, maybe you don't. But even if you achieve it, if the goal was to run a marathon, then once it's done, it's like, okay, great. Like now what, you know, you might have that grat in his ways. He says, okay, you might have the gratification for a minute, you know, maybe even a day. But then there's kind of the deflating effect once it's done. And so he says, you know, and I've kind of taken this into how I work through things with people is what does success look like? What embodies the type of person? So in the case of the marathon runner, you know, what embodies a marathon runner? You know, and so positioning success at being a runner versus completing a marathon, you know, and so he'll, he'll take it through. Okay. So step one is building a habit of putting your running shoes on and walking out the door, you know, and you start there and then you build on that. So he's all about like very, I don't even want to say bite size, like half of a bite, a quarter of a bite, you know, and building on that. So for me, it's what's the bigger picture that your goals are tying back to, and then being really clear on how do you personally define success And then looking at how do you structure goals that reinforce that so that it actually moves you and creates the habits that help you get to that bigger picture. That's really interesting because I feel like I've been talking to people and this book and this person's name has come up quite a few times. And the awesome part of like this January series is that it seems like the people I've talked to have all been very, like you all have a similar perspective that it's not just this one time big pie in the sky goal that it's like a type of like rhythm or routine or habit that you actually want to cultivate like like a lifestyle almost Mm -hmm. like it's not just like 
that one-time goal sounds like. So that's a really great yeah resource to have for our listeners as well. And other than, of course, your resource, are there any resources that you would recommend or books or podcasts for our readers too, to kind of start thinking in this way? Well, I've got a couple of podcasts that I love to listen to. And so my big recommendation would be, you know, find a podcast, you know, you've got a great one, (laughs) you know, and build a habit out of filling your brain with things that inspire you. So, you know, for me, I listen to podcasts when I walk the dog and I, you know, walking is my meditation. So I usually go for two, if not three walks a day. They're not super long. They might be 15 minutes. They might be half hour. You know, and I put my earbuds in or just put it on speaker and listen while I'm walking. But I often have some of like my biggest inspirational thoughts or aha moments while I'm out in nature, taking in fresh air and filling my brain and body with things that inspire me. So I'm a huge fan of Patrick Lencioni. So he's the author of a ton of great books, you know, many that, you know, are often used in a business setting. And he has a new podcast called The Working Genius. I love that one. So I'm completely caught up on that. So I'm always waiting for more episodes to come out. I have more business focused episodes that tie back to what I do on the corporate side, which is helping small businesses build a sellable asset. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts on, you know, real life examples of entrepreneurs that have gone through an acquisition process and, you know, the learning that comes from whatever it is you're interested in, right? So, so find those tools and build a habit of that. And then I think, you know, there's, there's lots of great resources out there for people that, you know, want to try to do something themselves. Like there's, it's a type of a journal. So I I love the gratitude journal. It's a one page that you do, and I don't do it every day, but I try to do it, you know, more days than not. Uh, And in the morning, you know, there's a morning section and an evening section, but it's, you know, what would make today great? You know, what are three amazing things that happened today? And, you know, what is one thing you would have redone or changed, you know, or excuse me, done differently. And it just really helps me think about what it is I want to be intentional around on any given day. But it's like, you know what? I really feel like I've lost patience with people, often my kids, you know, being intentional around a successful day for me will be, you know, spending intentional time with my kids and holding space for them to work through whatever it is they need to work through in any given day and not just being frustrated and impatient when they don't do or act the way I want them to. Um, so that's a great resource. Uh, Another one that's similar but dives a little bit deeper is called, I think it's called the bedside, what is it, the bedside business plan? It's, I think, a husband and wife out of Calgary. I've had some Instagram conversations with them. And, um, and so I've, you know, the journal you can find at chapters Indigo, and it's a really neat one too, if you want to kind of walk through more of like goal setting and, and, you know, those sorts of things. And then there's a free resource on my website for people that are really wanting to dive deeper into understanding what are my personal values? What is my why, you know, where do I find, you know, what lights me up in life and how that meshes with what I'm good at and what aligns with my values. So I think it's uh, five YouTube videos with corresponding workbook. It's free on my website. So you can feel free to go through that. And then for people that, that want, you know, hey, this is all great, but like, I need someone to walk me through the journey. You know, there are 
I mean, obviously I would say, Hey, give me a call. I'd love to help you out. But there are lots of coaches out there. I think it's just finding someone and creating the space for yourself that you feel comfortable with to help guide you through the journey. And then on the back end, hold you accountable to doing the things you said you need to do. That's amazing. And thanks for that. I'll definitely be looking up those podcasts myself as well. I was going to also say, because we're talking about crossroads, we're talking about goals. And I noticed that the whole situation that the world's gone through for the last two years that we're kind of just walking out of, that there was a lot of, you know, people like either leaving jobs or transitioning, yeah. or there seemed to be a lot of this kind of crossroads, but almost at a global level. And there's a lot of shifts in a lot of different industries. So I was just curious, like in light of what you do, did you notice an increase in individuals really looking out for the type of coaching you had? And was there any kind of trends you noticed just mm -hmm. in light of your work? Yeah, definitely. I, I have noticed, although I launched this program in the midst of, you know, when that was happening <laughs> in the world. So it's maybe not a fair comment, but the trends that I noticed is kind of that mental crossroads often coincides kind of in that mid-career season, especially for people who have worked for a good portion of their career, you know, like 15 plus years with the same organization. And what I often hear is things like, you know, I poured my heart and soul into this and I just didn't think this is how I would feel at this stage of the game. You know, often there's an undertone of not feeling valued anymore. And I think that as individuals through COVID and spending so much more time with ourselves, <laughs> you know, not in as much of these big social settings that, you know, once kind of monopolized our time, there's a lot more introspective work that's taken place. And a lot of people are, are really just saying, you know what, I don't want to invest my time and energy in a place that isn't aligned with my values. And um, a lot of times people can't necessarily articulate what those values are. They just acknowledge the discomfort when it's not aligned. And, you know, so I've seen people that, you know, are either contemplating a job change. And in some cases, it's more a matter of an internal mental shift to re-engage and come back to a job they've loved and that they're incredibly successful at with new vigor and a new kind of perspective. And in other cases, it's, you know, individuals that, you know, have already convinced themselves they want to change and often want to pursue something, you know, owning their own business, buying a business, starting a business, you know, kind of doing something similar to what they were doing, but just on their own, but need to kind of walk through the process to build the internal confidence to actually take that step forward. Um, so those are kind of the trends that I have seen, but they're usually triggered kind of by that mid-career where, you know, you've been doing something for a number of years and it just doesn't feel right anymore. Yes. That's really interesting too. And then also, I guess we're kind of getting to the end, but I just had like two more points to kind of ask about. In light of what you're saying, I saw a stat that was saying that by 2025, most people will have to be reskilling mm -hmm. or <laughs> going for new skills. And I think especially for a lot of people, maybe just coming out of college. Yeah, that there's a lot of careers or things that exist that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's also a lot of questions. I know I personally meet a lot of you who are kind of like really confused as to what to choose themselves. So yeah. I guess what would you su suggest to them, even though they haven't had maybe that years of experience that they're already kind of feeling a little bit lost as to even how to pick the yeah. right degree. 
Yeah. Well, a couple of things. So the first thing is, I think it's important to spend some time really thinking about what you love. Where do your passions and interests come? How do you choose to spend your free time? And then what are the things that you're really good at? So if you think about, if you talk to your family members, if you talk to your friends, if you talk to your teachers, your professors, you know, what are some things they would say about you that can give you some insight into, okay, well, where does what I love and what I'm really good at, you know, where do those intersect? You know, so that would be kind of point one and lots of guidance counselors and whatnot. I mean, that's really what they're there to do, but sometimes you just need an outside source to kind of help walk you through that. And then the other thing is at the end of the day, action trumps perfection. And for most of us, life is a journey. And when we're 18 and we are graduating from high school and, you know, have to pick what stream, you know, do we want to go work for a bit? Do we, you know, want to pursue the trades? Do we want to go to university? You know, and if like, there's the choices are just so overwhelming. And so sometimes you just have to make a choice. And if at a certain point you realize this isn't right, nothing outside of death is permanent. So, you know, when I work with individuals, I say, you know what, life is a series of choices. And if you make a choice and you realize it didn't work out, that's fine. It's just an opportunity to make a new choice and pivot and, you know, take that as, okay, well, what did I learn from this situation about myself and how can I apply that to my next choice? And I think the reality is in today's career world, like we're always learning doesn't matter what profession you're in. We're always learning and it creates these new niche opportunities that you couldn't have even predicted would be possible when you started your career. So you got to embrace the journey and be open to what comes your way and be okay with making decisions when you don't have all the answers and nothing is certain, right? You don't know with certainty, is this going to work out? Am I going to love this? Am I going to be good at this? But take a step. Take a step forward. And if it's not right, take a step sideways and do something different. And that's kind of the beautiful part of all of our journeys, right? Like nobody knows exactly what it's going to look like. That's awesome. And the final question is, what do you value the most about the position that you're in today? Flexibility. For me as a mom and a wife, I've got two busy kids. My husband travels and works intense hours. And for me, the flexibility to be able to schedule my day in my life, to be able to put family first is like, that's my showstopper. And, you know, within that, having the flexibility to say yes to the type of work that really lights me up. So kind of that word of flexibility and intentionality, like those are core to who I am and how I operate. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Marin, for uh, sharing your wisdom with the Okiki podcast today. I really learned a lot and I appreciated it. And where can the audience find you? Well, you can find me either on uh, social media at Marin Coots Consulting, or you can visit me through my website, which is just marincoots.com, M-E-R-I-N-C-O-U-T-T-S.com. And uh, yeah, lots of resources and tidbits that I share. And if anything resonates, yeah, reach out. Awesome. Yes, thanks. And we'll definitely have that in the show notes too. And thank you again, Marin, for sharing your wisdom with the Okiki podcast today. My pleasure.